my Lanta. Oh, my Lanta. everybody, Angela Bowen here, the host of Oh My Lanta, Holy Chalupas, an unofficial Full House, Fuller House podcast. How's everyone doing today? I hope you're having a good week so far. My week's been going all right. Well, today I have the next episode in the Back to School series, and today we'll be focusing on Season 6, Episode 15, entitled Be True to Your Preschool. This episode aired on January 26th, 1990, <clears throat> excuse me, 1993. In this episode, Jesse lies about the twins' academic abilities to get them into a prestigious school. Kimmy gets her driver's license. Here's another one. Anxious about Nikki and Alex's future, Jesse exaggerates the boys' abilities on application to a prestigious accelerated learning preschool. And then must deliver the goods. Meanwhile, DJ Stephanie and Michelle go for a joyride with Kimmy and her freshly minted driver's license. Oh, yeah. They're all they're going to take a ride in Wild Thing, which is Kimmy's older brother Garth's car. And this episode's got a 6.9 out of 10 based on 138 ratings, courtesy of IMDb. This episode was directed by Joel Zwick, writers Jeff Franklin, and Tom Amundsen, I believe. We do have some guest stars. We have Denise Dowsey, D-O-W-S-E, as Mrs. Jacobs. She plays, I'm guessing, it's not the principal. It's got to be somebody who's in charge of interviewing the new applicants for Bowton Hall, which is the preschool that Nikki and Alex eventually will end up going to. Spoiler alert. Mary Ellen Dunbar plays Sarah Charles, and Todd Jeffries plays Matt Charles. Brennan LeShiver plays Cooper Charles. The Charles family are friends of Jesse and Becky, and... Matt Charles likes to work on Harleys with Jesse, so they have something in common. Becky and Sarah also, they their young boys, you know, have playdates together. I believe there's an episode where they go to Cooper's birthday party, but um, Matt and Sarah are the ones that kind of put it into Jesse and Becky's head now that the twins are toddlers that you really should be looking at preschools. You want to make sure you get into the right preschool and all the stuff that you should be teaching Nikki and Alex at this point. They should be familiar with colors and shapes and have a decent sized uh, vocab. You know, should be talking a little bit more like clear pronounced words, not just babbling. And then uh, Cooper, of course, has to show off with his, you can hear him clear as a bell. So this kind of makes Jesse and Becky a little bit nervous. It's like, oh, we weren't even really thinking about preschool at the moment. We're just kind of enjoying spending time with them and just 
you know, being with them, but now it's like, no, you really want to make sure you get your kid in the best preschool possible. They even could talk to Danny about, you know, what, you know, although his kids are all in public school, and I'm pretty sure that Michelle, when she went to preschool, that was not a private preschool. That was, or even prestigious for that matter. It was your typical preschool, but... A movie that also stresses the importance of um, preschool is the movie Baby Boom, where Diane Keaton plays a ad executive who inherits a toddler from a distant cousin, and she's in the park one day, and little Elizabeth is playing in the sandbox with the other children, and she's sitting on... Um, JC is sitting on the bench with the other mothers, some which are haven't even had children they're expecting. They're saying, oh, yeah, definitely, you want to get your kid into the best preschool. Some places may not even accept her. Some have very long waiting lists. The lady, one lady that's pregnant says, oh, since I found out I was pregnant, my child's already been... Um, accepted to three different private preschools and stuff like that so I can tell you I went to a public preschool <laughs> was not prestigious in any way we do have I don't even really want to refer to this as trivia because it's just pure gossip I don't even want to say gossip because I mean is it's in the it's been in the news and we're all aware of it but why would you put this on the trivia, I'll just read it right now. Similar to the premise of this episode, Lori Laughlin was charged in 2019 with lying about her own children's qualifications to get into college. That does not need to be here. I really think that that should be reported. Trivia, if you want to do trivia, you do something that's from the episode, about the episode. You don't need to bring in someone's Issues that are already in brought to the attention of everybody. It's like, come on, that we don't need that. It definitely is not wanted, guys. And that's all I'm gonna say about this with Lori. Lo that's that's it. I don't talk about people like that. I don't wish to. Just I just I don't do it. What they do is just what they do and. Things will be done accordingly to however things are going to be done. And just, I leave it at that. It has nothing to do with me. All right, let's move on to a couple user reviews for this episode. We got, oh, Jeremy just informed me that lunch is ready. So I'm going to go have some lunch and I'll be right back. All right, here's the first review. 8 out of 10, title actually quite good. And it was submitted to iTunes. <laughs> IMDB on March 24th, 2019, so this year. All right. Here's a mighty fine example of parents wanting what's best for their children. Although I slightly disagree with the context of this, it does show that parents' hearts are most of the time in the right place. The subplot involves Kimmy finally getting her driver's license. Turns out she's a great driver. She takes the girls out for a spin in her brother's car called Wild Thing. They always find a way to mess everything up. Funny stuff. 
Friends of Jesse ignite an interest in preschool for the twins. They suggest Bowton Hall, the best preschool in the Bay Area. Jesse becomes obsessed with trying to get the boys in, even lying about nearly everything on the application. Hilariously enough, reality... Okay, mm, I'm skipping that. Back to the episode itself. Jesse is now in night school and doesn't want anything like that to happen to the twins. He figures, as people have been telling him, if they are on the fast track now, they will be on the fast track for life. This is where I disagree. Preschool is not that big a deal. There's barely any difference between preschool and daycare. If this was kindergarten, I would be singing a different tune. The way the episode unfolds is solid. Alright, here we go. 9 out of 10. Where, The one where Jesse lies. This review was made on August 3rd, 2015. Warning, spoilers. I absolutely love this episode. It's so fantastic. It's one of my all-time favorite episodes from this season and the entire series. In this episode, Jesse becomes worried that Nikki and Alex aren't as far along in the intellectual world as they should be. He decides that to get them into the best preschool available, he must lie. He lies about their intellectual abilities, like saying they can speak intellectual they can speak multiple languages. He also thinks that he might as well lie about himself and Becky while he's at it. This doesn't go down well when Becky and the preschool find out. Meanwhile, DJ, Stephanie, and Michelle all go for a ride with Kimmy as she has just gotten her driver's license. Best part of the episode, when Becky, Jesse, and the twins are all at, are at preschool. Overall, I give this episode a 9 out of 10, which in my ratings book is amazing. Alright, cool, cool. Alright, let's see here. Goofs. Here we go. Nikki and Alex get accepted into preschool. They finally show up two years later. Well, they're two. They're not going to preschool at two years old. Odds are if you're going to preschool, you're probably going to be about, what, maybe four tops? Maybe five? Because I would think that wouldn't kindergarten, you would start kindergarten probably, what, at least maybe six, depending? When the girls spot the nerds, Kimmy stops the car behind the stop line. When the nerds walk in front of the car, the front end is hanging over the line without having been moved. When the girls get out of the car, it is behind the line again. When Jesse takes the pentagon-shaped block, the twin in the red shirt is opening his cube with his left hand. And the next shot, the cube is closed and the twin's right hand is resting on top of it. Jesse leaps to get the admissions later out of the garbage and knocks the table lamp over. The next shot, the table lamp has been picked up and placed back where it belongs. Plot holes. Oh, wait, I already read that one. Okay. Revealing mistakes. When Nikki and Alex play with the blocks on the lawn, at one point, a small chunk of the lawn sinks, then pops back up, indicating it is actually solid pieces of fake grass. I will look for that in that scene. We do have soundtracks, Wild Thing, uncredited, written by Chip Taylor, performed by The Trogs. Alright, I got a couple shoutouts to give. The trivia question I asked for this episode, episode or season 6, episode 15, Be True to Your Preschool. The question I asked, what is the name of Nikki and Alex's friend? A. Cooper. B. Calvin. C. Colin. The correct answer, of course, is Cooper. 
So I'm giving a shout out to Lauren. And I'd also like to give a shout out to Tanner XX Family, who also got it right. Congratulations. And here's how you can follow along with the podcast at the Facebook page. Oh, my Lanta, Holy Chalupas, Full House, Fuller House Podcast. Instagram, OMHC, Full House, Fuller House Pod. On Twitter, OMHC, Full House. And Gmail, if you'd like to send an email, I'd love to hear from you. You can do so at podcast at gmail.com. Also, if you follow along and want to comment, leave a voice message for an upcoming episode, just comments or your opinions or whatever you want to say, your memories of watching the episode, you can also send an audio file to the email address I just listed. And also just remember that, you know, this is a clean full house podcast, so just, you know, Keep the messages clean. <laughs> right. All right. Um, at the end of the podcast, since it is October, I got a couple book recommendations, and I will get to those after the episode. So let's get into this episode. I'm excited. This is a cute episode. So, of course, we can't get into the actual episode until we get into the cold open. And... DJ runs in to get her jacket, only to find Michelle dressed heavily in yellow. She's wearing a jean, jean overalls, uh, short overalls, actually, and she's got her hair, Michelle does, in pigtails with yellow scrunchies. She's wearing a yellow short sleeve shirt and, to top it off, yellow socks. Wow. You'd think she were ready for a honeybee meeting. She's all dressed in yellow. But DJ stops short of coming into her room, sees Michelle casually, not a care in the world, flipping through her diary. I'd be like, what are you doing? And DJ takes it out of Michelle's hand like, Michelle, this is my diary. You shouldn't be reading this. And Michelle just looks at her with this... Cheshire cat grin on her face and says, that's alright, I can't read yet. <laughs> DJ's like, oh, that's right. As she starts pushing the diary between her mattresses and says, that's alright, but just don't uh, don't go through my stuff. Thank you. So, DJ just grabs the jacket and leaves. I'd be like, well, since I'm not gonna be in here, you really don't need to be in my room anymore. But nope. Oh, Miss Snoop, Stephanie, oh my, six seasons of snooping, and she's got a new partner in crime, Snoop Jr., Michelle. So Stephanie comes out of the closet, pulls DJ's diary back out from between the mattresses, and is like, alright, where were we? Steph uh, Michelle's like... May 7th, DJ got a zit. I'm like, she should be fine with the zit. She's been getting them since season 3, the Aftershocks episode. It's no big deal. I'm gonna play this. These girls, oh my god. Granted, if my sister had a diary, I probably been would have been reading it when she wasn't around either. I mean, yeah. I'll be right there, I forgot my jacket. Michelle, that's my diary. You shouldn't be looking at this. Don't worry. 
I don't know how to read anyways. <laughs> oh, right. Well, just stay out of my stuff anyway, okay? Okie dokie. <laughs> So while re-watching this clip here, I'm th I was thinking, um, I wonder if the reason that Michelle was holding the diary was so that when DJ took it, she'd put it back so that way Stephanie, who's in the closet, would see where DJ put it and pull it back out again. But if that's the case, then how did they find it to begin with? Because it doesn't seem like something DJ would just casually leave out in the open. Remember the, um... Michelle goes to preschool, the Bye Bye Birdie episode, where DJ was hiding her diary even then in the pillowcase. And apparently, Jesse even knew, like, oh, it's in the pillowcase this week because, you know, every week she chooses a different spot that Stephanie still manages to find because she's just that good at being a sleuthing snoop. Okay, so in the backyard. We got Nikki, Alex, and Cooper all playing with these large blocks that look like they're the size of bread loaves. And Jesse and Matt are actually working on Jesse's Harley. He's pulling a sock ball out of the exhaust pipe, which turns out to be comets. And Becky and Sarah are sitting on this... Uh, on this patio couch, I guess, if you want. There's another word for these. They're not like, so much a couch. And it's not a patio chair because it's too long to be a chair. Anyway, we got Comet off to the side um, on Sarah's right, who's just waiting, you know, sitting on his mark, waiting to be told where to go with his trainer, who's offset. Becky and Sarah both agree, like, it's about time we got, you know, our boys to finally meet and everything like that. However, um, is it this season that they do the, um, let me check that out. I think it's gotta be season seven because the boys really don't have a big vocabulary where they're really saying words. I think it's season seven where, um, they have the twins that they're just hanging out with each other. Uh, here it is right here. It's season 7 episode 12 entitled Support Your Local Parents where Nikki and Alex will only play with each other. They won't interact with other children, which exactly is what they're doing here. They're on one side of the Lego pile and then Cooper's on the other side. So yeah, Matt's working on Jesse's Harley and Sarah's like, I thought it was a great time for our kids to meet. And they're like, oh yeah, look, they're playing together. I'm like, they're not interacting with each other at all. Nikki and Alex are, are hanging out, doing twin stuff. Cooper's just, he's, he's actually building something, which I will get to what he, I think I even want to take a screenshot of this because I've remarked on this in the past when I've watched this episode. I'm going to play this clip. 
You know, this was a great idea, getting the boys together with Cooper. Yeah. Well, since Matt was coming over to work on Jesse's Harley, I thought it was a perfect time for our kids to meet. Yeah, they're getting along great. Look at them with those building blocks. They look like little construction workers. <laughs> All they need is a lunch pail, hard hat, and their little tushy top sticking out of the top of their diapers. <laughs> All right, I found the problem. It's in the exhaust system. I also found out where Comet hides a sock ball. <laughs> Just don't let it happen again. <laughs> Ew, why do you... How are the kids doing? They having fun? Oh, yeah. They're having a great time. Yeah, they're watching Comet off screen. Yeah, it's hard finding pals for Coop. He's pretty smart for a kid his age. Yeah. What's well, wrong with Nick and Alex are uh, pretty smart for their age, too. Really? Watch this. Nikki, Alex, what is this? <laughs> that means block. You see that? Very good. <laughs> Excuse me, sir, could I use that block, please? <laughs> Cooper talks good. Cooper talks well. Oh, my God, he corrected you. <laughs> it's real. Yeah, you, you do. You talk uh, You talk very good. Well, I mean. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we've been helping Coop get ready for preschool. Yay. <laughs> Sounds like he's ready for law school. Well, Coop's been accepted to uh, Bowton Hall for next term. That's one of the best preschools in the Bay Area. Really? I mean, you've checked out preschools for your boys, haven't you? Well, not per se. I mean, we're kind of in the uh, we're kind of in the pre-preschool phase. <laughs> you, you better get going. I mean, the most important choice a parent can make for his child is to pick the right preschool. Gee, I always thought it was Huggies or Pampers. <laughs> well, don't don't let your kids fall behind. I mean, you should work on vocabulary, numbers, motor skills. Yeah, see, Bowden Hall believes. I mean, if you put your kid on the right track now, he's going to be on the fast track for life. Oh, well, that, that's where we want Nikki and Alex. Fast track, the right track. Zoom. <laughs> Becky, we gotta, we got to check the school out for Nikki and Alex. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> sock ball out of the uh, exhaust pipe and he points at Kama and is shaking his finger like hey don't you do this again you got me and Kama's like whatever just give me my sock ball thank you and it's like gross because it's all it's it's dirty I came out of an exhaust pipe I wouldn't but he's a dog he recognizes the scent I get it but I would throw that out that can't be good for him to be chowing down on a sock that's got harsh chemicals soaked into it. So Jesse finally gets up into a standing position as he's like, Hey, how are the kids doing? Are they having fun? I look at all three of those boys there. Nikki, Alex, and even Cooper are staring off screen at probably comments. They gotta be watching, like, comment on the side of the stage there because they are even... Nikki is even turned around like a little frog just staring. And then even Cooper is looking off screen. 
So Matt's glad that, you know, the kids are interacting. They're really not. Um, but he mentions how it is hard to find kids Cooper's age to play with. Because think about it. I bet they fought this kid's ability to speak coherently. This kid does not... He's quite a bit taller than Nikki and Alex. And his words are more pronounced and clear. Whereas he looks like he could even be at least three years old at this point. But then again, I, uh, I, I mean, how proficient is a two-year-old? Like, I'm, I'm not putting down two-year-olds, but I'm just like, this kid clearly. But then again, I get the feeling that Matt and Sarah are the type that really started to, their best to develop Cooper's skills as soon as he could start grasping at like blocks and other things as soon as he could start understanding stuff they were working on him with vocabulary colors shapes and all that stuff motor skills everything and I kind of wonder if the reason that he can't make friends is because it's not the kids that have the problem. It's the parents. Because they are kind of... I think Matt and Sarah, they're like, oh, definitely Bouton Hall is the way to go. I mean, that's the most prestigious school in the Bay Area. If you don't get them in there, you're not getting them in anywhere. You know what I'm saying? It's like, they're like spokesparents for Bouton Hall. Like, oh, we'll give you an in if you... um go around selling the possibility of our school to other parents with toddlers. I, I doubt, you know, that's just me assuming. But uh, it's just the way they really harp on the importance of if you don't get them in now, you're not going to get the boys in anywhere. Because those prestigious schools, they only accept the best. They have very limited spots, stuff like that. So real quick here, I am looking at the boy who plays Cooper. He's played by Brennan LaChever. And this is the only thing he did. He played Cooper Charles. And his dad looks like... Oh, his dad was in Seinfeld. Okay. Hold on a second here. He so the guy who plays Matt... Charles definitely has been getting around kind of a one-bit guy, different strokes, family ties, two characters, and who's the boss, MacGyver, I'm just looking, oh, he was a policeman in the Golden Girls, okay, he was in an episode of Seinfeld season 8, The English Patient, it looks like a lot of the other things he's doing is like CSI, Criminal Minds, the district, you know, lawyer shows, forensic shows, NCIS. And the lady here who plays Sarah, Sarah Charles, Matt's wife, was in a few episodes of things. She was in uh, Perfect Strangers, a show called The Munsters Today, which of course also has Jason Marsden, who played Nelson in season 8 of Full House, and was the voice of Max Goof. This lady also kind of got around with the... Um, voiceover work, a show called Cow and Chicken, ah, Real Monsters, Duckman, and Rugrats. Wow. Well, both Matt and Jesse are kind of wiping the grease off their hands and everything. It's like, it's hard finding, Matt's like, it's hard finding pills for Coop because, you know, he's pretty smart for his age, so 
you know, maybe the other kids feel like, because, yeah, Cooper just, he comes off as a, a kid that just has been, this information has been drilled into his head and he's just mimicking what his parents are telling him. And I really don't think he's even really retaining the information as information. It's more just what mommy and daddy are repeating to me day after day after day that's getting drilled into my head. And I really, he can't tell the difference between numbers and the uh, alphabet and stuff like that. But then again, I could be completely wrong. So, of course, Jesse and Matt kind of get into, uh, it's not a rival, it's more of a, not so much competing or one-upping, but of course, Jesse's like, oh yeah, my kids are pretty smart too. And Jesse picks up a block and says, Nikki, Alex, what is this? And I think Nikki or Alex looks at Jesse and says, Bach. And Jesse's like, see, that's a, that is, uh, he said Bach. Granted, Cooper taps Jesse on the shoulder and says, Excuse me, sir, can I have that block, please? And Jesse is just totally gobsmacked as he's like, Oh, oh my god, this kid just spoke a full sentence to me. Not only does the Cooper speak a full sentence to Jesse, but he corrects Jesse when Jesse says, Oh, Cooper talks good. And Cooper's like, Cooper talks well. And Jesse's like, yes, you do speak good. I mean, well. <laughs> he just got shown up by a two-year-old. I really don't think Cooper's two. I honestly think that that boy is at least a year older than Nikki and Alex. He's taller. His words come out clearer. And the boy who plays Cooper, Brennan, is staring, of course, directly at whoever is, like, mouthing the words for him to repeat. Because he is not, not even looking at Jesse. He is, like, full-on just, yeah. And I know he's a kid actor and everything like that, and they're little kids. But it's just like, wow. Cooper, I gotta be honest here, Cooper kind of makes me nervous. He kind of creeps me out a little bit. You know, if these kids, or if this, uh, these parents here cared as much about Cooper's appearance as they do his education, I mean, nothing wrong with what he's wearing. It's his hair. His hair is overly long. It definitely, he could use a haircut or at least run a brush through his hair to make him look presentable. It's just like they pulled him out of the crib or big boy bed or whatever he's sleeping in threw some clothes on him said well here let's just shove a hat on your head backwards by the way because it is the 90s and just go about our day. Unless he's got a problem with hairbrushes maybe he's got a problem with hairbrushes he doesn't like to have his hair combed. I don't know and what he his areas are strong, and maybe there are other areas where he isn't, you know, he, he is, I, I don't know. Why am I being so harsh on this child? I'm trying not to, but I just, I don't know. The parents that really push their kids like that at a, such a young age, is like, you're doing it more for yourself than you're doing it for, I mean, I get you want your kid to have the best education, but at three years old, you're just putting all that information in your kid and your kid really isn't I don't know. Alright, let's let's move on guys. I know, you're like, can we move on with the episode? I don't care about this child anymore. They've been helping Coop get ready for 
preschool, and Becky makes kind of like, it sounds like he's ready for law school. We got the twins, which are pulling up the fake grass and just, like, tossing it in the air onto their heads. <laughs> so, like, these blocks are boring. We're clearly not going to be able to stack them or anything like that, so. And Matt lets him know that Cooper has been accepted to Bountain Hall for next term. And it's one of the best preschools in the Bay Area. Wow. And Matt's like, well, you've checked out preschools for your boys, haven't you? And they're like, well, no, we're just kind of enjoying them being babies at this moment. We're in the pre-preschool area. You know, we haven't gotten there yet. And Matt and Sarah really stress us. Like, guys, you need to be, like, on the ball. Like, from day one, they come out of the womb. Like, start checking out preschools. Because you need to get on waiting lists. Because if you don't... Your kids will not get accepted into the best preschools, and you'll just have to um, go with um, public school preschools, which, they're not bad. They're good school. I went to... <laughs> they just stress that it's like either pr prestigious private schools or, or nothing's going to be better than that. And apparently, according to Matt, you better get going. I mean, the most important choice uh, a parent can make as far as it comes to their child is picking out the best preschool for them. And even Sarah's just looking at them like, oh my gosh, I can't believe we're friends with you. All our other friends that have kids all have been accepted into prestigious preschools. <laughs> then again, not many kids are friends with Cooper, so they're probably very desperate. Like, we gotta get Cooper in with some friends to make it look like he's a normal child. And Becky makes a joke like, geez, I always thought it was either like Huggies or Pampers was like the big debate of which one's better. And Sarah's stressing, oh, don't let your kids fall behind. Vocabulary, numbers, motor skills, all that jazz. And Becky and Jesse are like, gosh, honey, maybe we should have been looking into this stuff. I mean, they're two. And the, they want the best for their boys and everything. They're probably like, oh, are we failing our kids? Should We should have been doing this a long time ago. Like, how do we not know this information? So, of course, Matt is spouting the Boughton Hall slogan, prophecy, um, what's that other term? Mission statement, if you will. Like, hey, Boughton Hall beliefs, if you put your kid on the fast track, now they're going to be on the fast track for life. Like, this is the starting point. You get them there, boom, they're going to take off, and before you know it, they're going to be in the best possible college, Yale, Harvard, Princeton, you name it, they're there. So Jesse, of course, is like right on the arm of that patio couch, and his arm, one arm is around Becky, and Jesse's like, yeah, that's what we want for Nikki and Alex, all right? The fast track. Like, boom! Zoom! Boom, boom, boom! Like, right in front of her face! Like, duh! <laughs> Smacking his hands together right in front of her face! Like, honey, please! So Jesse's like, yeah, I hurt my hands! <laughs> Uh, he's like, yeah, we really gotta check the school out for Nikki and Alex. I'm gonna take this picture here because the boy, well, it, the child actor didn't build this cross, but um, someone on the set built it and just put it out there and he's like putting his hands on it like, look what I built. I built the cross. 
It's got its own, I, I honestly feel there's no other way to take that beautiful symbolism of that cross right there. So I'm kind of guessing, like, um, maybe Matt and Sarah, they could be, you know, Christians or, or, you know, they have a good foundation for their child and their well-being. Or I just, I see the cross and I'm like, that makes me think that Matt and Sarah, you know, they're religious and everything with, with, um, all of that. I mean, yeah, Jesse just was like, yeah, we gotta look at the school for Nikki and Alex. Nikki and Alex, of course, are not playing with the blocks. They are ripping up fake grass and tossing it at each other. Well, they're having fun. Not once has those boys crawled over to Cooper, and Cooper has not even went over to interact with Nikki and Alex. Granted, Nikki, Alex, and Cooper might be okay, but uh, Blake, Dylan, and Brennan may not be. You never know. The characters might be cool with each other, but you don't know if the, the child actors are. <laughs> oh, I am seeing them pull up that fake grass as they're pulling on it. It's actually lifting up from the flooring that it's on. So yeah, he's like, yeah, we gotta check the skull for Nikki and Alex. And then he looks at the boys and looks at Cooper and says, the sooner the better. As on cue, Cooper recites the alphabet. And he gets to about uh, R before we move on to the next scene, finally. So now we move to the kitchen. We got Stephanie with her... I'm so happy that eventually by season 7 or 8 she does get a nice pair of wire rim glasses. I'm not... I don't care really for the bulky brown ones that she picked out. And Stephanie gets framed in season 4, I believe. Yeah, season 4. So Michelle looks like she's also working on homework. Danny comes in, he's got his stretchy leg workout pants, he's got his windbreaker, he's got his bike helmet, he's gonna go for a bike ride. You know, he's gotta get that cardiovascular running through his system, all that good stuff, you know, keep himself fit. I'm like, Danny, you're a beanpole, alright? But, oh, he says, I gotta keep myself lean. It's like, buddy, you're like a beanpole. Trust me, you are great. But, cardiovascular definitely he's a tall man need to work out those legs especially when you're probably sitting in a chair for long periods of time filming wake up san francisco or you're sitting in your car in traffic in san francisco trying to get from your job to home or from home to your job a lot of sitting there stretch out those long legs give them a workout so i'm going to play this clip because this does kind of set up Danny, who's going to be on his bike later on. Okay, I'm going for a bike ride, all right? Got to tone up those muscles, get the cardiovascular system going, keep the weight down. Anybody want anything from the donut dive? Major news, major news! DJ! You know, Mr. T, spandex is not for everyone. Neither is this house. <laughs> Timmy, did you get what I hope you got? I did if it's my driver's license. Ah! <laughs> Let's hit the road. We're burning rubber now. I thought I smelled Kimmy's feet. <laughs> hey, keep up that attitude and you'll be walking to the mall. The mall? <laughs> Kimmy, Kimmy, Kimmy. Of course. Friend, neighbor, chauffeur. 
Don't you recognize a good-natured jest when you hear one? <laughs> hey, if you're thinking about sucking up to me, it might work. Can I suck up too? First word, I could use a hood ornament. Yay! My brother Garth is so proud of me, he's letting me drive his car wild thing. Are you serious? That's awesome. Whoa, 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 hold it, hold it. I have a rule. No daughters of mine are getting inside a vehicle called the wild thing. Especially if it's being driven by that thing. Okay, dear. Dad, test her. Driving's the one thing she's actually good at. Hey, I mean, besides forging excuse notes. <laughs> okay, Kimmy, what is the speed limit in a residential area? 25 unless otherwise posted. How about near a railroad track? 15 miles per hour within 100 feet of the crossing when you can't see the tracks for 400 feet in both directions. Okay, road test. You're on. You know what I just noticed? We haven't seen Joey yet. Have is this a Joey-free episode? I can't remember. Oh no, it's not, because Joey's the one that suggests Jesse lies on that application. <laughs> I have something interesting. Well, remember, I haven't covered it yet. It's the one called Driving Miss DJ in uh, season five. And so DJ just got a permit. She didn't get a license yet, right? Because she is so jazzed that Kimmy got her license. Like, actually got her license. We don't hear of DJ getting a license just yet. So did Kimmy get her license before DJ did then? I'm wondering if maybe... You have to be, maybe Kimmy's birthday's before DJ's birthday, like, by a few months or something. So, that's what I'm kind of wondering. Because you gotta wait till you're at least 16, right? So, yeah, Kimmy comes in, goes over, oh, she looks at Danny, says, Hey, Mr. T, spandex is not for everybody. And Danny just looks at her and just, <laughs> Neither is this house, Kimmy. Kimmy just, like, plays them, like, whatever. It's their banter. It's adorable. Um, sometimes it's adorable. Sometimes it's kind of cruel. Like, this scene coming up shortly. Anyway, Kimmy goes over to the stairs and screams, DJ! DJ comes down and says, Kimmy, is that what you have? Uh, is that what I think you got in your hand? And she's like, eh, what if it's my driver's license? Like, ah! Like, oh. I was the first one of my friends to get my driver's license, so I was sometimes the one that would take us to, who's it? It was me, Jerry, Barbara, and um, a couple other people. I took us all to go see <laughs> the that Leonardo DiCaprio movie, The Beach. Oh my gosh, that was a, such a ride. Well, I actually had seen it once by myself at the another cinema in another town and then I'm like, eh, I don't really but it's like, when you get all your friends together and go see it, and then the whole this theater did not check IDs, cause you can definitely bet that there were kids there that were not 17 that were seeing this movie in fact, I can guarantee there were a few kids in my car not kid kids, but you know, maybe a year or two under 17 that also saw the movie. So they didn't abide by, you have to be 17 to see it. Because there was a lot of, <laughs> a lot of 
goofy laughing jokes, stuff like that. Oh my gosh. A DJ's like, oh my gosh, let's hit the road. We're burning rubber now. I'm so excited. It's like, she may not have wheels herself, but her friend has wheels, and that's just good enough for her. Like, yeah, we're gonna hang, we're gonna be cool, we're gonna just get out on that open road, we're gonna go to the mall. Granted, Stephanie's like, oh, Kimmy, you got your driver's license, eh? Oh, because when DJ says, we're gonna burn, we're burning rubber now, DJ, or Stephanie says, oh yeah, I thought I smelled Kimmy's feet. And, of course... Kimmy turns on Stephanie and says, keep up that attitude and you'll be walking to the mall. And lights just pop up over Stephanie's head like, the mall? Oh, dear Kimmy, don't you recognize a good natured just when you're here? What, what, what is it, like a, a jest, like a jab joke? So she's pretty much sucking up to Kimmy like for a free ride to the mall. He's like, and Kimmy's like, yeah, if you're thinking of sucking up, it might work. And of course, Michelle's like, can I suck up too? And Kimmy says, yeah, I could use a good hood ornament. So because she got her driver's license, her brother Garth is so proud of her that he's loaning out his car named The Wild Thing to Kimmy. But of course, before the girls get too excited, Danny puts, um hand up like ah no 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 none of my girls are getting in a car called the wild thing especially if it's being driven by that thing it's like uh danny that is a bit much come on now she's a human being i get you you make jokes and everything but calling her a thing is not appropriate so DJ says, you know, Dad, Kimmy's a good driver. It's one of the things she's actually really good at. And Kimmy turns around like, hey. And DJ says, well, I mean, except for forging excuse notes, you know. You're, uh. Which is funny because that brought up from season one, in my mind, DJ's day off where Danny's going off to L.A. to cover a surfing competition. Stacy Q's in town at the mall. DJ wants to go get her autograph. Danny says, no, honey, you're not skipping school to do this. And Kimmy, of course, is like, hey, check it out. I'm out of school tomorrow. My parents made a excuse note for me that my baby, my bunny is having bu baby bunnies. My rabbit is having bunnies. <laughs> and I need to be home so I can witness the miracle of birth. And DJ's like, oh, your mom wrote this? And Kimmy's like, nah, my parents are in Vegas. My older brother wrote this note. I mean, it cost 20 bucks, but <laughs> I got the money from his wallet. <laughs> yeah. But Danny, DJ suggests, Dad, why don't you test Kimmy with driving? Just see how good she is. She's amazing. Not only does she know all the facts, she is just amazing behind the wheel. He's like, all right, you're on. Road test. So Kimmy and Danny head out. Stephanie's like, wow, I can't believe Dad is so gung-ho about getting in a car with Kimmy. Danny, of course, comes back in and grabs his bike helmet. Like, yeah, I need to be safe. If it helps you from having a head injury, great. Okay, so, so far, the person up for the worst outfit award, I'm sorry, Kimmy, I really don't like your long-sleeved black and fuchsia rose colored shirt. It's just, I like the black scrunchie goes with the black shirt, but it's just, it's just... 
it's not good. I, I like her other colored patterns a lot better. However, the person I think I'm going to give the best outfit award is Stephanie because I really love her. It's like an Aztec print shirt with other designs on it and it's really cool. I would wear it. I'd wear it now, actually. If they made one in my size, I'd wear it now. I would have worn one when I was Stephanie's age if I could have done that. If they sold that at Fashion Bug, I would have been on that in a heartbeat. Because Fashion Bug is like the only place my grandma would take me to go shopping. Don't laugh. I'm laughing now because it's funny looking back on it. I think she did the same thing with my older sister until my sister like got a job and started buying her own clothes. So now we're up in Jesse and Becky's apartment. Becky's on the floor with the twins. They have a bunch of toys spread out between them. And Becky's handing one of the twins, probably Alex, a couple of little trains. They're Thomas train. Well, one is Thomas because he's blue. And I can't remember what the red one might be. Because I didn't watch uh, Thomas and Friends. But, um... So she pulls out a choo-choo and hands it to Alex and says, What's this? What's this? And he takes it and finally he says, Choo-choo. It's like, because that's what they can, you know, grasp. But, I mean, more than likely, Bowden Hall was like, No, you have to call it what it is. It's a train. You call it a train. And train is a lot shorter than choo-choo. So Jesse comes upstairs. He's got the application for Bowton Hall, and he's just kind of going over the pages and pages of just questions that even Becky and Jesse are like, I don't even understand the question. Basically, in a bunch of jar a jargon here, all they want to know is put down the geometric shape that is most familiar to your offspring. And Jesse's like, I don't understand. Like, what that even means. She's like, I don't get the question either. Like, what are they talking about? Basically, it's a geometric shape. Please list, according to the recognizability factor, the, the geometric shape most familiar to your offspring. Well, offspring, of course, means child. Geometric shape could be anywhere from circle, square, triangle, heptagon, octagon, whatever... Uh, I'm sure there are others. Reptank, stuff like that. That's all they want to know is like what ones are they most familiar with. And I don't even think they've worked on shape yet. So they probably put down zero. Come on, you guys know what offspring refers to. It refers to your child. And Becky's like, I don't know what the answer is. And Jesse's like, I don't know what the question is. Come on, guys. Becky, you went to college. You should know what an offspring is. And a geometric shape. Come on. Verbal skills and letter recognition. Je <laughs> Jesse's like, I don't get any of the. It's like, they want to know at what academic or educational level your kids are at. Like, what do they know when it comes to letters, numbers, words, stuff like that. Hand eye coordination, and we get a shot of Nikki and Alex, and they have emptied the yellow buckets with toys. Now they're putting the buckets on their heads. He's like, I don't know about hand eye coordination, but their head bucket coordination is pretty good. Well, Becky says it actually. Oh, one of them puts a bucket on the head. The twin in the red pants, red shoes. And then we have the one next to him that is wearing the green hoodie zip up jacket with the blue pants and blue shoes. Joey, of course, we get Joey's first appearance 
in this episode. It's like, oh, Becky, um, I need to put my laundry in, so I put yours in. Oh, he said he finished his wash, so he's putting Becky's in. And she's like, oh, thank you, Joey, for putting that in. The whites are the colors. And he looks at her like, oh, you're supposed to separate them? Joey, you are just doing your own laundry. Are you serious? Do you mix your colors with your whites? Is that... <laughs> and he's like, oh, don't worry. Well, she's like, okay, I'll be right back. She's like, don't worry. He tells her, I use the hottest water possible. So he, oh my gosh, Joey! You're gonna ruin my clothes. I need those for work. I'm gonna play this clip um, when Jesse comes up with the application mountain hall. Um, now, I want you, I played this at least three different times. I'm not sure what I'm listening, hearing. It sounds like someone shouting, who? Like, when Becky and Joey are talking about the laundry, and she's like, oh, the whites are the colors, he's like, you're supposed to separate them. In between those two lines, there is somebody in the background going, who? Like, whether it's probably somebody off stage who's trying to get the twins' attention, or it, I don't think it's anyone in the audience, but it's gotta be some a uh, uh, child wrangler or somebody trying to get the twins' attention because I don't know what else this noise could be. I might even take this a clip of this and put it on. You know, Instagram and social media. Like, you guys listen. You guys tell me what you think it possibly could be. Because I'm kind of curious. Because you you hear it clear as day. There's no laughter behind it or anything. What's that? What's that? That's a choo-choo. Choo-choo. Hey, Beck. Hi, honey. Got this uh, application for Bowden Hall. Check out these questions. Let me see. Please list according to the recognizability factor the geometric shape most familiar to your offspring. I don't know what the answer is. I don't know what the question is. Look at this verbal skills, letter recognition, hand eye coordination. Well, I'd say their head bucket coordination is excellent. Yes. Hey, guys. Hey, Joey. Uh, back. I finished my wash, so I put your load in. Oh, thanks. The whites are the colors. Were they supposed to be separate? I'll be right back. Don't even worry. I use the hottest water possible. So while Becky is busy running downstairs to stop her clothes from shrinking or being ruined, thank you, Joey, Joey decides to see what Jesse's up to. So this I gotta say is kind of a dumb joke because Jesse's like, oh, I'm trying to go through this application for Bounton Hall. Joey makes a joke that just, it doesn't land and it's just stupid. It's like, wow, Bounton Hall. I couldn't even get in there and I was 14. It's like, what? It's a preschool. You're not going to get in there if you're 14. Unless, unless. Bowton Hall does more than just preschool. They do, like, K through 12 as well. We don't know. Maybe they do. And Jesse right away is just like, yeah, it looks like Nikki and Alex aren't going to get in either because look at these questions. And Joey's going through some of them, one of which is, 
Evaluate the scope of your child's verbal skills. How hard, just what words do they know? Do they know any words yet? Like mama, dada, brother, or, or I don't know if they're ready for brother yet. I mean, season seven, like brother, 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 choo choo. There's one right there. Um, they can't say block completely correctly, so I guess that's off the list. Um, mama, data. I mean, those are simple, so maybe anything that can speak coherently and correctly and clearly would go on that list. They make it sound like this list is impossible. This application is impossible to read. It's Bowen Hall, so of course they're going to use fancy terms like offspring instead of child. And Jesse's like, well, they got good verbal skills. I mean, they talk all the time. And then we hear the kids babbling. And Jesse's like, I mean, it may not always be in English. It may be twin babble, but. And this is where Joey's like, well, just put down that the twins are bilingual. And Jesse's like, I'm not putting that down. They're not bilingual. And he's like, sure they are. They speak English and gibberish. So, Joey is the one that gets it into Jesse's head. You want the best education for your kid? You're gonna have to lie on this application. Now, I can't say that Jesse probably isn't the first person to ever think of something. I, I don't know. But, uh, guys, just be honest. You know dang well if you lie on an application, you are gonna get found out. Because later... Jesse's freaked out because now the, the school wants to interview Nikki and Alex. Well, of course they do. They probably want to interview any prospective candidates or applicants that they're considering for their school. And especially a pair of twins. How cool. I went to school with three pairs of twins in my grade. There were two sets of girls and then one set of boys. And I remember their names, too. They were all popular, so we didn't run in the same circle. <laughs> Which was the general populace of the school was popular. So anyway, um, I was like, yeah, sure, they're bilingual. They speak two languages, English and gibberish. And Jesse is like adamantly, I'm not going to lie on this application. And Joey's all like, look, you want them to have a good education, right? They will have a good education no matter where they go. That Bowton Hall is just going to look great on their college resume. Like, oh, you went to Bowton? My great-granddaughter went to Bowton. And Jesse's like, of course I do, Joey. This is, you know, their education is one of the most important things in the world. And their health and well-being is the most important thing to me. So Joey is really pressuring Jesse into doing this. Oh, Jesse, don't you dare put that on your parents. Jesse's like, well, gee, if my parents had put me at Boughton, maybe I wouldn't be going to night school. It's like, buddy, that was all you. Do not, don't you dare put that on your parents. That is not their fault that you dropped out because you got a new motorcycle, you're playing gigs with your band, and you had only missed one class. So don't you dare put that on your parents. So Joey refers to the, uh, giving the boys a little edge by lying. Like, oh, for heaven's sake. So Jesse is finally convinced, like, you know what, Joey? You're right. If I don't lie for them, who will? He's like, I'm their father. If I don't lie for them, who will? Well, maybe themselves, if they want to. 
Jesse has already ruined that application as he writes down bilingual, scratches his out and puts trilingual, scratches it out and says unbelievably lingual. Like, oh my goodness gracious. Go look at the application. Trash. Throw it in the trash. <laughs> they don't take applications with pen scratches on them. Like, this has been scratched out. Oh, this has been whited out. I wonder why. Well, we're not going with this applicant. You guys are a couple of dum-dums. I'm sorry. <laughs> Joey, how did you make it through high school and college? Especially later when we learned that Joey's got a teaching certificate. And he can, he's got a certificate so he can fly a plane. Wow. That smartness and Joey must just get covered up by all the goofness. Hey, Jess, what's going on? Uh, I'm just checking out this uh, application for Bowden Hall. Bowden Hall? That is a great preschool. I couldn't get in there and I was 14. <laughs> well, it looks like Nikki and Alex aren't going to get in here either. I mean, look at these questions. Evaluate the scope of your child's verbal skills. Yeah. yeah they have good verbal skills. I mean, you know, they do talk all the time. It's just not always in English. <laughs> Perfect. Put down that they're bilingual. They're not bilingual. Sure they are. They speak two languages, English and gibberish. I'm not going to lie on this application. You want them to have a good education, don't you? Of course I do, Joey. It's the most important thing in the whole world right now is their education. I mean, you know, if my parents would have put me on the right track, Maybe I wouldn't be at night school right now getting my high school diploma. Well, then you got to give the boys a little edge. Really? Yeah. Uh, you know something? You're right. Uh-huh. I'm their father. Darn right. If I don't lie for them, who will? That's right. All right. Let's see. Language. Bilingual. Bi no, wait, wait, wait. Bilingual. Hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it. Unbelievably lingual. So now we're down in the kitchen. We got DJ, Steve, and Stephanie all enjoying a plate full of Oreos with glasses of milk. Michelle comes up to Steve and asks, Steve, are you my friend? And he's like, yeah, sure, of course. And Stephanie's like, hey, um, Steve, you need to be careful because she is up to something. I don't remember this scene from watching it on like either Hulu or whatever. I swear I've never seen this scene. That's what I like about these episodes going through them. It's like I'm seeing things that I don't remember seeing in reruns on television and stuff like that. Oh, she asks Steve to help her with her math because she's having a hard time, which, okay, cool. Why wouldn't you just go to DJ? I mean, not that Steve couldn't do it, or even Stephanie, but I think, hmm, where is this leading? We know Michelle's obsession with cookies. She's had an obsession since season one. If I can remember from the Mad Money episode where baby Michelle is in her playpen, DJ brings out a Oreo cookie, puts it in the mystery bag that Jessie's carrying around. She brings Michelle out, and Michelle goes to the bag, puts her hand in, shuffles her hand around, finds said cookie, stuffs it in her mouth. Cookie, cookie, cookie. 
Cookie Baby. Michelle Cookie, Michelle Elizabeth Cookie Tanner. That should be her second middle name. So, Steve admits, look, math is not my best subject. And she's like, alright, I just need to know what five takeaway one is. Clearly, she's going to swipe those cookies. I mean, I'm counting them. There looks like there's at least five on that plate. Yes, he's going to use the cookies as a visual aid. Okay, so there is more cookies on that. There's at least two more cookies on that plate. Yeah, she knows what she was going for there. Steve's like, here, I take away one cookie. There's four cookies left. Oh, no, he's like, how many are left? She's like, four, if I hurry. And she starts, she got at least three. And Steve is like, pointing like, da, 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 da. And DJ's like, Michelle, what are you doing? And Michelle's like, studying as she turns around and eats the cookie. Like, you guys kind of walked into that one. Even Stephanie's like, uh, yeah, she wants something. So I'm going to play this clip because it is kind of cute. She's using her, her Michelle adorableness to get all the cookies. Well, to be fair, there are at least two or three left. One for each of Steve, DJ, and Stephanie. Knew Steve's a wrestler, he would have polished off those seven other cookies in a heartbeat because he's just gonna burn that off, you know, when he wrestles. Steve, are you my friend? Yeah, of course I am. Watch it, Steve. She's setting you up. <laughs> Do you mind? I'm talking to my friend. Can you help me with my math? Well, you know, math's not my best subject, but hey, I'll give it a shot. Just need to know what's five takeaway one. Oh, five takeaway one. All right, now, let's say you have five cookies. All right, now, if you take away one, I'm going to one. Four, if I hurry. Michelle, what are you doing? Studying. Hey, how'd the road test go? Terrible. He's the best driver I've ever been with. Maps were folded correctly. What did I tell you, Dad? Kimmy was born to drive. I knew there was a reason. <laughs> All right. I don't know what to say. You're a natural, Kimmy. I just, I actually feel secure with you kids in the car with her. Tomorrow, you can all take a ride in the wild thing. Great. Let's hit the cool. mall. Let's hit Binge Burger. Let's hit Vegas. Steve, you have a car. I feel lucky. So, Kimmy and Danny finally return from him testing her driving skills. How long had they been out? And Danny decides that it's like even her maps were folded correctly. It's like, that's probably because she hasn't unfolded them. Oh my gosh, I see that tall tower thing in the background. Season 8. Um, comments, great adventure, excellent adventure, whatever it is. He and that collie dog were up there in that tower when Jesse and Joey and the twins were in Jesse's car looking for a comment. I see, that's gotta be the same thing. It's gotta be. So Danny says, you know, Kimmy, you surprised me. I do actually feel comfortable with my daughters in the car. So... They're all like, all right, let's go to the mall. And Steve's like, let's go to Binge Burger. And I'm like, Steve, you have a car. <laughs> um, 
And because Steve is not with them when they're doing the ring around the Chevy thing. Stephanie's like, hey, let's hit up Vegas. And they all just look at her like, really? And she's like, hey, I feel lucky. I'm like, sweetie, you would not even be allowed in the door. Okay? You are 11 years old. No way are you getting through that door. And he's like, all right, you girls can take it riding the wild thing. Like, yay! Of course, Michelle doesn't hear this information because she's busy eating her Oreos and working on her homework. She knew that math problem. You could take a hand and bend one down. Bam! There's your answer. See? Not so hard. Use your finger. I know people probably are like, oh no, don't use the finger method after so long. It's like, but who doesn't still use the finger method when it comes to counting when they need to? Right? Right. Also works great when you're having to multiply by nine. So now we cut to the living room where Jesse and Joey are on the couch reading. And you can tell because Jesse is wearing his awesome wire-rimmed glasses. Becky's like, hey, Jess, Jess, guess what? And he's like, what? Bouton Hall called. They're interested in Nikki and Alex. And he's like, oh, right, we got in. And she's like, well, no, not yet. But, you know, they got to interview the boys and sit down with them and evaluate, you know, all their skills. And she says, you must have done a great job on that application because they're interested in Nikki and Alex. And I'm thinking, Becky, you didn't think, hmm, maybe I should look over this application and just see what you put down? Because, you know, neither of us really understood those questions. I'd be really interested to see what you wrote. Unless you're like, honey, honey, honey. Don't, don't worry about it. I took care of it. It's great. The kids don't worry. I bet anything they're going to get in. I bet anything it was that where she probably asked to see it. And he's like, don't worry. I took care of it. I already sent it in the mail. Don't worry. Because if I were Becky, I'd be like, no, seriously. I want to see what you wrote down because we both didn't understand the question. So what did you write? Wow. So they called that day. And they want to see them that day. So, of course, Jesse just assumed, like, oh, they got in just based on the application alone. It's like, no, they actually want to interview your children and, and see for themselves how smart these children are. I mean, it's a typical thing. I'm sorry, you, you even for a job interview or a job, you don't send an application like, well, you're hired just based on your application alone. No, they want to interview you or yeah and even joey who's still he's flipping through a hockey magazine he's kind of side-eyeing like oh boy uh yeah bouton hall wants to evaluate the boys <laughs> abilities so becky's like you know i'm gonna give the kids a bath because somehow they'll look smarter if they're clean Ouch. She says somehow they look smarter when they're clean. So when they're not clean, they're not. I don't know. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, as soon as Becky's out of the room, J Jesse just gets a snarl on his face. It's like, Joey, this is all your fault. Like, dude, you didn't have to listen to Joey, man. As Joey decides to make himself scared, it's like, hey, look at the time. You know, I bet there's a hockey game on somewhere. And Jesse, like, grabs Joey by the back of the collar and, like, yanks him back. 
And Jesse's like, Joey, what am I going to do? I lied through my teeth on the application. I said they're basically two little geniuses. And Joey's response to this is, well, wow, you know, I really hope that Becky gets those kids, like, squeaky clean. Because <laughs> you're going to need it. Yes. Yes. You'll never guess what. Fountain Hall just called. You must have done a great job on that application. They're interested in Nikki and Alex. I knew it. We're in. All no, right. No, no, honey, we're not in yet. We have to take the boys down there this afternoon for an interview. They want to meet them and evaluate their abilities. <laughs> Evaluate their abilities, huh? <laughs> yeah. Isn't this exciting? I'm going to go give them a bath. Somehow they look smarter when they're clean. <laughs> well, look at the time. I'll bet there's a hockey game on somewhere in the world. Get back here. Joy, what am I going to do? I lied through my teeth on that thing. I, I said they were two little geniuses. Oh, boy. You better hope Becky gets those kids really clean. They're dead. So we see the outside of Boughton Hall. It's basically a brick, side of a brick building with three windows and underneath the three top windows chiseled in white is Boughton Hall. And then on either side of the green archway doorway is a window and it's underlined the um, window panes are white and then underlined in um, green underneath, like a little, uh, so I guess, I mean, if you lived in Michigan and you were a Michigan State fan, I mean, I, I don't watch football, I'm not into it, but the state is pretty divided in Michigan blue and yellow colors and Michigan State red and or um green and white so basically all i'm saying is this is the most generic looking side of a building this honestly doesn't even look like a school it just looks like they use the side of a building and just put a green archway overhead with green and white doors and windows so this is the set they will use in Season 8, Episode 2, Breaking Away, because I remember the push, the the doors that you just, like, push and pull open. Well, pull open if you're coming in, push open when you're going out. It's very, very vibrant colors. The walls are splashed in orange neon lime green and a nice turquoise blue there is a giant red rug with like yellow seas all over it and of course you also have a couple armchairs you have a table with some chairs set up for like the adults to meet with you know it's the teacher's desk and a couple chairs set up you also have the soft padded foam slide. Really, just definitely perfect for the little preschool kids because that way they won't hurt themselves. It's just like you would go into a gym and you would see those heavy mats and stuff like this. It's just very colorful and bright for the children. I love how they have Nikki and Alex dressed. They're so cute and so studious looking and just they almost look like they're 
dressed of another century. They're wearing long sleeve white button down crisp white shirt underneath a black vest very just very sharp looking with you know they got the nice black dress shoes black pants it just it looks like these boys came from um the victorian era jesse of course he's got to have the gray suit with the black shirt with a zipper that goes all the way down almost past his pectoral area and you can see the chest hair there's not much of it but Jessie looks good Becky looks good her hair is it's not a full beehive but it's kind of swooped up in the back and she's just wearing a crisp white shirt with a skirt. They all look very prim and proper. I mean, Jessie looks really stylish, but Becky and the boys could look like they're from like the early 20th, early to mid 1900s. In other words, those boys look like they could be little butlers. They're so cute. They could be little butler boys on Downton Abbey. That's not even a thing, butler boys. And Jesse is holding both the boys. Like, what do you think, boys? The starting line of the fast track. And he's like, just let me do the talking. And Becky is nervous. She's like, oh, I hope they they like us and everything. It's like, oh, they're, they're going to like you. They're going to love you. They're going to love your twins because they're so cute. And every classroom should have at least one set of twins. So, Jesse reassures Becky, like, oh, sweetheart, don't worry, they will love us, as he hands off probably Alex, and he's probably holding Nikki, because they each got to name a twin, and each of them, usually, they love both the boys pretty equally, but it seems like they always tend to slightly favor more the twin that they named, like, they each have a special, more of a bond with the twin they named, I guess. And Jesse's like, look, when she comes in, the, the principal or the teacher, the evaluator comes in, let me do the talking. Right away, alarm bells would be going off in my head, and I'd be like, why? What did you do? And Jesse just seems like the type of husband It's like, he's always doing something, and, I mean, you can trust him enough, but always, when you start a conversation like, let me do the talking immediately is like why what are you gonna say so he's like um if you hear some strange things you know during the interview um just go with it oh by the way your hair looks nice today. it's like he's trying to get away with something definitely and also complimenting her it's like yeah you're clearly up to something you're getting trying to get away with something what yeah i i bet you like what did you do honey she just looks at him suspiciously, like, what strange things? Like, oh, well, on the application, I may have em embellished a, a little, per, per se, on their abilities. She, oh my god, the look! Her eyes are, like, narrowed. Her eyebrows are f furrowed. She's just, like, are you telling me, basically, you, Blue, are one shot to get into this amazing preschool? What exactly did you put on that application? She is just like, oh my god, I knew I should have looked at the application before you sent it in the mail. He's like, embellished, how much? He's like, a little, a little bit, a tad, not, not much. She's like, ugh. 
And I love how it, probably Alex is like, I think he's trying to go, because she's wearing earrings, and he's trying to like, oh, earring. <laughs> so right away, the teacher or administrator comes in like, ah, Ambassador and Mrs. Katsopoulos. As soon as that word, those words are out of that lady's mouth, Becky just rolls around and just glares, like, excuse me, Ambassador? Was that Joey's idea? <laughs> or Jesse thought of that one on his own. So, the administrator just says, you guys make yourselves at home, and I will be with you shortly. She goes into a room that we later see is a two-way mirror, so they can just see how the parents interact with the children. Granted, Jesse and Becky have no idea that that is a two-way mirror, and they are being observed. Oh, they want to see how uh, Jesse and Becky relate to the children. Oh, of course, while they're observing, they're going to see Jesse just berating, Becky berating the heck out of Jesse, like, right away. She's like, Ambassador, really? Like, good, Becky, call your husband out. I was like, honey, this is important. Remember the fast track, zoom, 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 like, right in front of Nikki's face with the hands. And Alex, of course, while Becky and Jesse are discussing, Alex has picked up a stapler off the desk. Guys, come on. I know you're arguing, but Becky, watch what your, your kid is doing. He's going to put a staple right into his... Oh, my goodness. That's basically the teacher's desk is where they're sitting. Which, the desk looks like a kitchen table. That's why there's matching chairs to go along with it. So Jesse takes the boy, says, Boys, I want to tell you something very important. The first impression is critical, okay? So let's go over to this mirror and find our part. The part in our hair, okay? The hair's got to look great. And he, he starts shaking his head, and the kids, like, shake their heads along with him, and <laughs> it's it's cute. Because the uh, lady and the uh, um, her assistant are observing them, and they're like, aw, that's cute. Him being, And then Jesse, I don't know how this happens, but he sees that he's got a hunk of walnut in his teeth. Oh, he wants to help them find that natural part in their hair. Oh my god, it must be towards, well, he keeps saying, like, in the back. <laughs> like, I got a hunk of walnut in my back molar or something, like. Um, but I, I like how he's like, let's find the natural part, part, boys. And he's shaking, Jesse's shaking his hair, but it's not really moving so much because you know it's got so much hairspray and mousse in there to keep it, like, styled just perfectly. But I love Becky just kind of chuckling, just smiling, like, oh, he's such a good dad to his boys. Come on, Jesse. Oh, my, I know he doesn't realize it's a two-way mirror. And it's just like, whatever it is, unless it's really bugging you, because he didn't notice until he looked into that mirror, it's like, dude, just leave it, okay? You can take care of that when you get home, but... <laughs> Oh my god, I'm gonna play this clip. It's so adorable. Look at this guy. The starting line of the fast track. Right, fast track. Just let me do the talking. Oh boy, I hope they like us. Oh honey, they'll like us. Listen, sweetheart, if you happen to hear some uh 
I don't know, some strange things during this interview. Hmm. Just, uh, just kind of go with you. Your hair looks good like that, by the way. <laughs> what strange things? Well, uh, see, on the application, I may have, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I may have embellished a little bit. Embellished? How much? A little, a tad, a little, minuscule amounts, really, just a tad. Oh, Ambassador and Mrs. Katsopoulos. <laughs> I'm Mrs. Jacobs. Why don't you just sit down, make yourselves at home, and I'll be back with you shortly. <laughs> Ambassador? <laughs> Let's observe them through the two-way mirror for a while to see how they relate to the children. Any other surprises? Honey, I know you're upset, but this is very important. You know, the fast track. Zoom. Zoom, 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 zoom. Yeah, right. Okay. Zoom. Zoom, 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 zoom. All right. Hey. Come on, guys. Come here. Come here. Oh. I got to talk to you guys. Ready your daddy. Now, let me explain something to you. First impression is very critical. Now, I've found over the years that uh, the natural part kind of expresses a carefree attitude that can only work in your favor. So let's find that natural part, shall we, fellas? Let's find the middle. Ready? Let's find the natural part. Shake it out, boys. out and she's like thank you for being so patient and Becky's like oh we were just getting the boys ready for the interview and the administrator says oh well I know I was watching you and they're like oh you were watching us she's like yeah that's a two way mirror and she pulls out of her pocket floss what are the odds right <laughs> it's like oh yeah I mean I knew that was a two way mirror I was just messing with you so the lady starts conducting the interview, and Jesse's like, see my kids? And then the lady cuts him off and is now facing Becky and talking about the mission statement for Boughton Hall and what they believe in as far as the success of children and their education. Yes, we've heard this mission statement many times. If kids are placed on the right track, they'll be on the fast track for life. Oh man, this is the third time Jesse's like, yeah, that's what we believe too. Zoom, 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 like right to the hands right by that lady's face. And she is like, what the? <laughs> this is clearly for comedic effect. John Stamos having to do the whole clapping the hands and like sliding the hand palms along each other to make that zoom, zoom, zoom sound like. And every time he does it, it, like, catches the person off guard. Like, what in the world? Jesse is like, yeah, we've developed this motto around the house that we kind of live our lives by. Fast track, right track, two, two tracks in one. Yeah, that that's catchy. And he's like, yeah, I made it up. And she, myself, and he, she just look, keeps, you know, talking to Becky. And it's, <laughs> she's basically, like, cutting him off. So, the teacher does, administrator, teacher, whatever you want to call her, um, does inform them that if the boys are accepted, they will have to work with them extensively on all the skills to prepare them for 
the rigorous course they will expected to know by the time they walk through those doors on the first day of preschool. Reap the optimum benefits from their curriculum. And it's like, oh yeah, our boys are pretty big reapers. <laughs> love to reap. Love it. So Jesse's like, all right, great. Thank you for the interview. Um, and we had a great time. Just call us when school starts. And the teacher's like, uh, wait, no, no, we're not done. She says the interview hasn't even begun yet. I mean, the boys have to meet the principal and more like the principal's got to meet the boys because <laughs> it's not like the boys are going to sit down and have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with the principal. They're not even going to remember him or this lady in two years. Oh, they have to have an intelligence test, of course, because you're not going to go just based on what he put down on the application. you got to test these abilities that they supposedly have. And she even asked, like, what language would the children be comfortable taking the test in? Jesse's like, uh, um, English, English would probably be best. It's really funny because the administrator is constantly, she's conducting this interview with Becky, just full on talking to Becky the whole time and just kind of brushing Jesse off. She knows that Jesse clearly lied on that application because the, what Becky's got no idea. Because when she's like, what, what language will the boys be comfortable taking the test in? And Becky is just like, uh, what language? Honey, what, what did you put on that application? It's like she's trying to hold it together and it's like, anything else I need to know before we, because I kind of walked in there, into this thing, and this woman is bombarding me with questions. More secrets are coming out. So Becky finally is like, you know, I like to uh, have uh, my husband here, <laughs> the diplomat, answer all these questions. So just direct them to him. Since he's the one who lied on my application. I had no part in this, by the way. I just gave my kids a bath. That was my involvement in this whole thing. So Jess is like, oh, uh, English. English would probably be best on your people. Like, oh, the people of Bountain Hall? Okay. <laughs> Becky finally is like, look, Mrs. Jacobs, because that's the lady's name. We have to be, I have to be honest, we may have embellished a little on the application. And Mrs. Jacobs is like, yeah, I kind of figured that. Not many uh, two-year-olds are proficient on the bassoon. And Becky just looks at Jesse like, the bassoon? And Jesse says, well, he's too short for the cello. Yeah, Becky's like, we may have, like, oh, no, 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 he may have embellished, no, flat out lied on the application. So, Jesse, like, honest, <laughs> yeah, she's been on this honesty kick all week. It's like, well, it's the only way you're gonna get through life in some ways, right? So, the lady kind of just shrugs it off, like, you know, it only shows you want what's best for, for your boys. I mean, and not to mention, I'm pretty sure, like, there are applicants out there they've seen in the past that probably have put things on there that their children either can do that will later be found out in the inner, if they do get chosen, that will be found out later. And it's like, people, you gotta realize, you put that stuff down, and it ain't true, you're gonna be called out on it. Am I right? Right. So, Miss Jacobs grabs either Nikki or Alex, and, like, whisks him away 
along with Becky holding on to the other twin to meet the principal and other stuff. Like, we're going to have a wonderful time. Like, she adapts some odd English accent or something. I don't know. I'm going to play this clip, though. She refers to Jesse again as ambas Mrs. Kosopoulos ambassador. <laughs> Which is, the girls are driving around, riding around in the wild thing car. This car, you could pick this car out of a parking lot, no question. It is, on the bottom is like lime neon green. On the top, it's got two colors. Lime green on the bottom, and sunburst orange on the top. It, it, it's, it's colorful. I've always said I will never, ever drive a lime green car or an orange car. No. Just, or a pink car. I, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I'm not, mm. But, of course, they're driving around and what song comes on the radio, but wow thing. <laughs> the upholstered seats in the car are zebra or, no, white tiger print, and they are gorgeous. Oh, I would love white tiger print seat covers. Granted, this is one of those old, like, 1988, like, boat-sized cars that have the, like, up front, it's got the long 
seat. It doesn't have, like, bucket seats in it or anything like that. And they're all, they're having a fun time. They're at the stop sign now. Kemi's like, hey, look, there's the geeks from the, the chess team. So Kimmy's the one who devises the plan to, uh, hey, let's make fun of nerds on foot. Like, play Ring Around the Chevy. I wanna look, I'm gonna look that up and see if that is even a thing. Okay, so I don't see anything about Ring Around the Chevy except for it talking about this Full House episode. However, there is something that I've heard of, and I would ne advise never, ever attempt this. It's called Car Surfing. Michael J. Fox's character danced atop the roof of a moving vehicle while the Beach Boys Surfing USA blasted from the radio in the 1985 movie Teen Wolf. Giving a creative name to this dangerous game, the stunt hasn't lost its appeal among daredevil teens over the decades, even though standing on the roof of a moving car can be deadly. The CDC recently analyzed 99 cases, injuries, and deaths from car surfing that were reported in the U.S. newspapers over an 18-year period. The report found that more than 70% of the car surfers were male, and most participants were aged 15 to 19. Deaths were caused by head trauma in most cases, even at speeds as low as 5 miles per hour. You don't have to go more than 5 miles an hour to get hurt. Standing on a car, your head is at least 10 to 15 feet in the air. You've got the force of the car, and when it stops, it's going to transfer that acceleration to you. Oh, yeah. Here's something else that, even though, I mean, it does include cars in a way, teens perform bike stunts in traffic. Uh, whoa. Kimmy's brother's car also has a fuzzy fur, orange fur steering wheel cover. Wow. That would be definitely helpful, like, when it's, like, 90-plus degrees outside and your car's been sitting in the sun for a while and you come out and the steering wheel is, like, cray-cray hot. So definitely Stephanie and Michelle are also familiar with the song Wild, Wild Thing. I mean, that song's been out for a long time, and it's pretty a pretty simple thing. Simple, simple song. They're so... <laughs> We see the chess team. These guys do not look like high schoolers. They look like they're at least between the ages of 22 and 25 years old. They all look like they have, uh, a, one of them, or, yeah, one of them does definitely have tape on the glasses. They have a Danny Tanner style sweater with the buttons. They have a bow tie and suspenders. Huge khakis that go up way past the belly button. We have a dark-haired guy who's got the really thick lenses, and he's got a mullet. We do have a young Asian man also with the uh, clear frames as well. And we do have a, another gentleman with... The, they're both wearing the semi-Harry Potter-ish glasses. But no, these guys are definitely not high school. Kimmy's idea is like, hey, let's rag on them. And DJ's like, yeah, Kimmy, that's real mature. So Kimmy's logic is, hey, what's fun? What's the fun in driving if you can't make fun of nerds on foot? Like, ugh, this is dangerous. 
But DJ is finally coerced into doing this. She's like, oh yeah, you're right. What's the worst they could do? Throw a pawn at us? <laughs> chess, chess term. I don't play chess, but... Of course, Michelle and Stephanie want to do what the older girls are doing. As Kimmy's like, hey, let's play Ring Around the Chevy. So, according to DJ, what you do is you get out of the car and you run around the car... And you make fun of them because we have wheels and they don't have wheels. They're on foot. Um, so apparently you also leave the car running and you accidentally lock yourself out. Because this is in the day before, the days before you had the automatic door opener, which nowadays the odds of you locking your key in your car is a lot slimmer. Compared to when you just had to, like, pull up on the knob thing. So, let's take a little look-see-poo here at Kimmy's outfit. We know that she has got some, sometimes some of the best outfits, some aren't so. So, she's got a jacket that is kind of poofy a little, almost, um, like, I would call it maybe semi-okay for winter. Anyway, um, it's lined like it's got a pocket on the front that's leopard print. It's got cuffs, wrist cuffs, that are also leopard print. She's got what looks like either leopard print shorts or boxer shorts over black tights and black shoes and a black scrunchie. So she is... Black and leopard print all the way. We got Stephanie here, of course, who's wearing your classic 90s flannel-ish hood jacket. She looks she's almost kind of dressed in mostly red. And I love how the characters, they really coordinate the hair accessories with the color of the clothes. It's really cool because she's got her hair in pigtails. And their red little scrunchies. DJ, of course, is wearing a lot too large for her purple jacket with a pink liner. It looks like something that I would have worn when I was maybe 11. So the chess boys, all four of them, are just looking at the girls like, what? Who are you? All these girls want us to pay attention to them? Because Kimmy's like, hey, chess boys! Watch this as we run around in a circle around a car that's still running. This is so dangerous. Not to mention, they are kind of on an, a downward incline there at that stop. There's no other traffic. I don't know what side street they're on. But what's to say that that car doesn't get knocked back into drive or something happens, the parking brake is released, one of them's in the front of, in the middle of running in front of the car and the car just starts moving forward. That is how people can get killed. And DJ should have said, look, Kimmy, that's great that you want to do right and ring around the Chevy. Turn the car off, at least. Because leaving it running, that's just wasting gas. DJ also, uh, 
joins in on the heckling. Oh, we, we just need a little exercise to move our legs because <laughs> we've been sitting for so long. And, of course, Stephanie's like, yeah, but you wouldn't know that because you're walking. <laughs> and then the joke's on them because they go to open their doors and they're locked. No! The whole time as DJ's running, she's got Michelle's hand in hers. Like, she knows enough to take care of her baby sister. Michelle's even got red Converse shoes. Oh, that is so cool. She's got, like, that looks almost like a Valentine sweater, button-up sweater. <laughs> Judging by their outfits, I bet this has got to be, like, early spring. This one guy, the guy, he's got a canary yellow or pale yellow button-up shirt underneath a V-neck gray sweater that is also under a baby blue um, button-up sweater, and I'm just like, what's with this guy's expression? He's got this, what's going on? And both the guys have major acne. I mean, I'm not making fun of them because they have acne, and he's got a duh face on. What is that, that expression? Like, duh, I don't like it. He's had that expression since we just saw this, this guy on screen. And the guy standing next to him, they look like they could be brothers or cousins because they both have dark hair. They both have similar-ish type glasses. And the taller one with the bow tie here that's standing next to the guy with the duh face um, has the um, tape between the glasses. So, of course, the laughs on the girls because they're locked out and these guys just think this is hilarious. Like, Haha, and you called us dorks? <laughs> At least we're not standing outside a moving vehicle with the doors locked. Yeah. Looks like you're going to be walking just like us. You know that this is going to be a topic around the, uh, the chess table like the next week in school. They're all going to be talking about it. Like, do you know DJ Tanner and Kimmy Gibbler? <laughs> you will never believe what I saw. They were parked at this stop sign, and they decided to play Ring Around the Chevy, and then they decided to, like, throw insults at us, and then when they tried to get back in their vehicle, they couldn't because they locked themselves out. <laughs> Can you believe that? Ah, they're supposed to be so popular. <laughs> the power door lock. I forgot about that. Yeah, that was a thing that existed back then. <laughs> the girls are, like, freaking out. Like, oh, well, maybe we could, like, get, find a rock or something hard to break the window. And Stephanie, of course, like, how about Gibbler's head? Kimmy's like, no, we can't break a window. My brother will kill me. So they decide to just, what else are they going to do? They're not anywhere near a phone. So they're just going to sit on the sidewalk until somebody just happens to come by. Who happens to be coming by? Oh, Danny, the guy who's exercising, you know, with his bike. And he just happens to spot them like, hey, girls, what's up? Why are you not in the vehicle? Like, oh, well, we're just, you know, resting our legs. They've been driving for like five minutes. <laughs> your, your legs don't get... Try sitting in a car for ten hours. I mean, you occasionally get bathroom breaks and stuff like that, but your butt is going to be so... My butt was sore after just sitting in a seat for, like, six hours. Like, oh. 
that happens because you know when you're on like a road trip and you're just sitting you're not really moving it's like after a while your butt's gonna your legs are probably gonna be sore of course while they're sitting there before danny shows up they're like hey we could get michelle's like we could get a pizza and Sam's like great michelle how would you like to order it like oh we could have it delivered like oh my goodness so, DJ turns the plate off, like, oh, Dad, it's a beautiful day, huh? What are you doing here? How'd you get here? He's like, my bike, as he undoes his strap on his bike helmet. Like, what are you girls doing here? So, DJ comes up with the, like, hey, look, uh, we were getting cramped, so she, we thought we'd get out and stretch our legs. Like, yeah, you decided to, like, stop the car at a stop sign on a road. Just casually get out and stretch your legs. Sure. And they all start stretching their legs and everything. It's like, well, now that that's worked out, why don't you get in the car? When are you going to get back in the car? And Michelle's like, when we unlock our doors. He's like, you're locked out, girls. This is very dangerous. Because they mentioned about how they played ring around the Chevy. And the Chevy won, according to Stephanie. It's like, girls, a car is not a toy. That is very dangerous. And you can think about that while you walk home. Of course, Kimmy's like, oh, can I borrow your bike? He's like, Kimmy, you may be a decent driver, but you've had the brain of a lima bean, okay? No, you can't borrow my, you can't borrow my bike. You can think about it on, like, oh my gosh, that's like a mile or two miles. It's like, well, you'll have plenty of time to think, won't you? Like, yeah, you're not going to borrow his... Like, you guys, you messed up. And I'd be like, well, you're not getting in a car with Cammy again for quite a while. They're lucky that they didn't get stopped by a cop. Because Kimmy probably would, being she's a newly licensed driver, would definitely have a point on her record. And definitely a ticket. home and they're gonna argue the whole way there like dj i mean i'm not blaming dj i mean she did agree to it and everything like that but it's like 
No, you're not going to play Ring Around the Chevy. But they're lucky that didn't end badly and somebody didn't get run over. And the thing is, Danny's like, well, I'm going to go over there and see if I can use those people's phone. And none of the girls thought maybe someone will let us use their phone so we can call, like, AAA or whoever and try to get some help get the vehicle unlocked. One of the things that people use is like a coat hanger or something like that. I've never used a coat hanger on any of the cars. I remember in the wintertime um, when it was really, really cold, how I had to use like a cup of warm water and like a napkin or something because my car door was frozen shut. And even if I tried to unlock it with my car, this was back when I had the contour, it wouldn't unlock no matter how hard you struggle. And the last thing you want to do is be pulling on that candle to the point where you're going to, like, mess that up. Um, so, yeah, I just, like, take a cup of, like, hot water and just, like, run, like, a rag or something along the inseam. And then eventually it, uh, it worked. And now we cut to the attic where Jesse is... Trying to do a little bit of letter recognition with the boys as Becky's holding them. This clip here as Jesse is just, the kids aren't really responding. They're not giving the answers that Jesse wants, which are the correct ones. And he gets really, really frustrated. He's like, all right, let's move on to shapes. And the kids are just, they're pounding like the little shapes, you know, pieces on the floor. And, and Becky's like, honey, please. Okay, you're getting angry and frustrated. So are the boys. We need to just back off. And he's like, no, honey, we need to push them, okay? If they don't get into Boughton Hall, then we need to go for an another school. And it's just, don't, Becky's right. The kids are getting irritated and they're being pushed and they don't like it. Because they can pick up on Jesse's hostility and irritation, and they are giving it right back when either Nikki or Alex ends up throwing one of those shape blocks at Jesse's head. I get he wants the best for the boys, but it's like, don't, don't push them. And they're like, no, no, that's not right. You're not doing it right. It's not eh, eh, eh. It's A or B or whatever letter he's working on. But I want to play this clip. Oh my god. Okay, it's called a, a five-sidagon. 
here you go. Now, come on, please, son. Concentrate for Daddy, okay? Try it. Now, come on. Please concentrate. Where does the five-sided gun go? Yeah, pretty much. been kind of going at this whole thing with the shapes and the letter recognition and everything all week long and can kids at age two kind of pick up letter recognition or is that too early in development I maybe it just it depends on the kid but Jesse is just if they've been doing it all week they're Jesse is really at the end of his rope like either the kids aren't getting it or to the point where the kids have had enough of this. Like, no. No more. I don't care about letters. I don't care about shapes. And I get it. Jesse says, you know, I just want what's best for my boys. And, yeah, that that's great and everything, but let it come to them naturally. Don't, like, force it into the... And the thing is, I do kind of got to blame the, um, uh, Matt and Sarah with putting this forcing this issue onto Jesse and Becky. They would have gotten the preschool thing eventually, but they hammered it home so hard that it's like, no, you have to get them in to either Bowton Hall or a prestigious school, like something like this or just as good as this. And it's just, that really lit a fire under Jesse and Becky's behinds. And... Uh, Jesse, of course, took this to the extreme. Uh, Becky says, you know what? They're happy. They're healthy. I know you want what's best for the, for the boys. I want that, too. And Becky even says, you know, we're frustrated. They're frustrated. Becky is keeping up a very good front, and she doesn't seem frustrated. In the, she might be more frustrated with Jesse pushing them too hard. 
So Michelle comes up and says, hey, a letter came for you. And Michelle is wearing this pale pink fringe on the sleeve shirt with black pants that have fringe on the legs. Like, this is a crazy outfit. So she's like, hey, did Nikki and Alex get in? And Jesse kind of looks at Becky and they're both holding a twin and like, well, does it really matter? So they just, and one of the twins is like slapping the letter like, no, no, he knows what's in that letter. He knows what that letter is and where it's from. Like, no, no. They're like, hey, Michelle, you want some ice cream? She's like, you don't have to tell me twice. And she runs out of the room. And Jesse and Becky make like they're going to follow her, but they r- immediately run over that trash can, rip the letter open, and Jesse reveals that the boys got in. And he's like, does it change anything? Or she says, does it really change anything? And he's like, not in the slightest. And they just toss the letter in the trash. It's like, well, they got in, you know? I mean, good for them. Good for them. Not, just let the boys be boys and have fun. And Becky even said, like, we're not letting them be kids anymore. You know, they're not having any fun. And that's the whole thing. If they were having fun, maybe they'd pick up that information over a period of time but you don't just try to forcibly shove that into their minds like they're not going to retain it that way if anything they're going to be more um resistant to wanting to learn like oh no the last time we did this you were yelling at me no i don't i don't want to do that anymore i thought it was a cute moment when either nikki or alex threw whether it was a hectagon or octagon shaped block at Jesse's head, Becky points out, oh, daddy got a boo-boo. So the other twin who didn't throw the block goes up to Jesse and kisses his forehead. And then the boy in the blue, either Nikki or Alex, who did throw the block goes up and kisses Jesse's forehead. It's, it's cute. And I just, I thought it was a good episode. I'd say lesson learned from this. It's like, yes, I understand you want the best for your children, but you don't gotta lie for them to get them into the best schools. And maybe sometimes that's not what the kids want. Take what the kids want. Even though Nikki and Alice are still too young to make those decisions for themselves, you're not helping them by lying. If you want what you, the best for your kids, that's great. Do it the honest way, all right? And as for Kimmy and DJ and the girls, you learned a hard le- hard lesson. No, they learned a smart lesson of don't you ever do that ring around the Chevy again. Not because you got locked out, but because something bad could have happened. The parking brake could have released. One of you could have gotten run over. You could have caused an accident or run or whatever. You don't do it. Uh, as Sandy says, a vehicle is not a toy. That is a deadly weapon. And he should have pointed that. It, that really would have put the fear in. Like, this is a deadly weapon. That's what I was told when I was taking my driver's test. So, remember in the season 8 episode where... um. Michelle gets Shorty the donkey, and she was going to have Kimmy take her to the candy store. So Danny still is like, fine, yeah, the girls, you can go with Kimmy and get that donkey. Oh, my God. Is that how they got the donkey home in her car? Oh, my God. 
Oh my god. I'll get to that. I'm gonna do that episode alongside um DJ's first horse. Yeah, definitely. Um, like I said, with the worst outfit is gonna be that um Kimmy's f- uh black uh fuchsia flower print uh legging like shirt combo. I didn't care for it. I really like Stephanie's like Aztec-y type um, print shirt, hooded shirt. I thought that was really cool. I really liked it. And not just because she's Stephanie, but I, I, I would wear that shirt today if I could. If it existed. Real quick, here's the um, DVD box description for this episode. List the geometric shape most familiar to your offspring. Jesse tries to enroll the twins in a very selective preschool. So funny that they took the uh, one of the questions from the application and put it into the episode description. Weird. Alright, so we got the next two Back to School series episodes coming your way. The first one, of course, is going to be, we're jumping ahead to Season 7. Season 7, Episode 5, entitled Fast Friends. This episode aired on October 28th. October 12th, 1993. In this episode, Stephanie meets new friends but soon feels pressured to smoke. Jesse and Joey host a radio show called Teen Talk or is it Yakin' with Youth? I remember when this episode, um, usually, shoot, um, after an episode they would preview, like, next week on Full House, or they would throw promos up during commercials and stuff like that. And this one was just, wow. I just, I was, how old was I? When this aired, I would have been 11. And just seeing, like, knowing and realizing how serious an episode this Fast Friends episode is. Just the idea of, because you see Stephanie with the cigarette in her hand, and you see the flame of that lighter, like, freak her out, almost like, her eyes get really big, like, whoa, this just got real. I just went from holding a cigarette to the idea of possibly lighting it and inhaling it. So Fast Friends is going to go up next Friday, October 11th, and of course for October 18th, I know that's still... A bit away, but we're going to jump up to Season 8 for the final episode in the Back to School series, which is Season 8, Episode 2, entitled Breaking Away. Jesse and Becky are apprehensive about their twin boys attending preschool. Stephanie becomes rebellious due to a friend's influence. Gia. So this is, yeah, I get the picture. It is definitely the same classroom with the double doors. Instead of them like, oh, we got to get them into a good preschool. Now it's, oh, they're, they're getting so old. They're four. They're starting school. We're losing them. They're growing up and soon they're going to leave us. It's like they're having trouble letting go. But Jesse definitely takes it to the extreme. If you've seen the Full House episode, A Pinch for a Pinch, where Michelle is punished and told to sit in the corner, Jesse says, no, you can't punish her. 
she is not in the wrong and he just pulls her right out of school, which is, this is kind of a, a repeat of, well, Nikki and Alex aren't punished, but because they don't give him a kiss goodbye, he's like, you know what? Their mother was right. They're not ready for school. <clears throat> and, um... You will recognize this teacher who plays Miss Susie because uh, there's a connection to Punky Brewster here. Bonnie Erseth also played Linda from the season two episode called The Gift, which I do have all of Punky Brewster, all the episodes covered. So if you want to start listening to my Punky Power podcast, you can more than definitely familiarize yourself with it because I will be covering next year the Punky Brewster reboot when it shows up. So I'm excited for that. I'm so excited. Just learned that Cherry Johnson is reprising her role as Cherry Johnson. I'm so excited. And even though Punky Brewster, we're going on a Punky Brewster tangent here. Um, even though the character of Cherry Johnson kind of seemed like she was into architecture, she actually, due to her friendship with Punky, decided she wanted to help disadvantaged kids, and she became a social worker. So, wow. I, I figured out of the two of them, one of them would have to. And I always thought it would be Punky, but the fact that it's Cherry is really amazing because it shows the effect that her friendship and, you know, what Punky went through kind of had on her. Like, I want to help make a difference in other people's lives. I just, I think that's so great. So, yeah. We got the final back-to-school episodes for Full House. Then... The week of Halloween, we get the two Halloween episodes. We get Full House, Season 3, Episode 8, entitled Divorce Court. In this episode, deferring plans on Halloween cause a divorce in the family while the adults avoid wearing a dress. They have a little uh, racing competition between them. Then we move on to Fuller House for the Curse of Tanner Manor which is season two, episode four. In this episode, Jackson and Ramona would rather die than go to DJ's family Halloween party where Fernando and Kimmy pull off the ultimate couple's costume. So, yeah. A lot of fun things coming up the pike uh, in the month of October. Um, November is going to be a little different. Um, there's going to be two Thanksgiving episodes, one from Full House, one from Fuller House, but they will not go up until the week of Thanksgiving. So there's, that's pretty much going to be the Full House extent for the month of November while I am busy working on stuff for December. You're going to have Full House Christmas episodes coming out your ears, literally, when you <laughs> a lot of Full House Christmas episodes. There's actually not one, just one, but two Christmas episodes of Fuller House. I didn't know that. I'm like, and also, of course, the last week of December, I know it's like two months away, but I'm doing the New Year's Eve episodes, which I think one is going to go up on the 30th, and then one will go up on the 31st. So, yeah. And then, in January, I'm going to get to the Jesse Becky arc. 
from their first meeting in season two to their almost eloping in Tahoe to the engagement where he proposes in season four to the wedding in season five, the two-parter. And of course, when she finds out she's pregnant and then also when the twins are born and then I will cap that off with Fuller House's season one finale with Jesse and Becky renewing their vows. I thought that just, that's going to take through into February. Well, it will be doing two Full House Valentine's Day episodes. So real quick, I did a search on the annual cost of private preschool in California. And what I found here is the most expensive town for private school. So that could mean like K through 12. Private school tuition is OJAI, California, with an average tuition of 40064 The most expensive county for private school tuition is Lynchfield County, Connecticut, with an average tuition of 41813 This is the cost of 2019 to 2020. We have some preschools listed here. Brighton Academy. Preschool, Bluff View Private Preschool, and Cadence Academy Preschool, all in California. It says here preschool tuition can cost $3,000 to $20,000 or more a year at either public or private preschools, depending on location. Preschools in New York City are typically more expensive than those in the Midwest. Interesting. So here's an article here about, uh, what's this? Uh, inside the insanely competitive world of elite New York City preschools. Let's see. I'll just read a little here. It is not easy to get into schools known as the baby ivies. No, I'm not talking about a set of elite secondary prep schools. I am talking about a process that sometimes starts in utero, the process of getting into a prestigious preschool. In New York City, some parents will gladly spend thousands of dollars to have a preschool consultant help streamline the process of getting their children into a preschool that costs 20000 a year or more. Like a full-time nursery school for three-year-olds that costs over 48000 a year. Oh my goodness gracious sake. So looks like the guy in this article said, I went to the 92nd Street Y Nursery School, which New York Magazine once deemed the Harvard of nursery schools. Times have changed since my parents applied to the uh, nursery school some 28 years ago. The price has skyrocketed to 36000 a year for a full day, but it is still very much in demand. Parents pay 500 for an introduction meeting and 250 for every additional hour to work with a New York-based preschool consultant. The hardest part of the process is getting your hands on an application. Some schools have a lottery system to get an application, which means that parents must submit an entry the day after Labor Day and hope for the best. Some applications vary tremendously depending on the school. Some have an essay. Some just meet with the kids and parents. Some will have extensive essays about why they're interested in the school and essays about your child, family, and values. So real quick, I want to play this little clip of the movie from the movie Baby Boom where the character JC is sitting in the park with all the other mothers while toddler Elizabeth that JC has inherited from her distant cousin who passed away 
and she's just listening to the other mothers talk about getting their kids into preschool, some which haven't even delivered their baby yet are already on the list to different places. And just, she's, you know, new at this, so she's asking, is it really hard to get into some of these places? And the women just totally berate her like you haven't gone anywhere with your kid yet to get them evaluated or mommy and me class or any of that stuff and JC is just like uh, no I haven't but it just it just goes to show how really the parents are just some of them are just and this is based in New York and just um no, the links that, you know, parents will go to get their kids into those schools and everything. And just the cutthroat um, things that, you know, parents will talk bad about other parents and stuff. like, And, and just, in general, it's like, um, the competition is just brutal. So I'm going to play that clip. Everybody have a wonderful, wonderful Thursday afternoon and a wonderful, wonderful weekend. 
If you would like to send an audio clip on future epi- your opinions and comments on future episodes, just remember to keep them clean. You can send an audio clip or even just a comment on the social media sites. And email is omhcfhfhpodcast at gmail.com. Bye-bye.